Blog Talk Radio. And uh, I am, uh, I guess, genetically, uh, the, the class of Booker T. Washington, or let me, let me correct myself, the Booker T. Washington High School class of 1970, my mom and dad, uh, Betty Jones and Kevin Gillery, mm-hmm. are, are in the area and ended up graduating from Cash Hall and uh, had an opportunity to go to uh, uh, school in, in at Notre Dame in, in South Bend, Indiana, and mm-hmm. uh, go Irish. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, we should we should we should be in the championship game. This, yeah, in the championship, huh? But uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's in a nutshell. And uh, you know, something you mentioned earlier, they uh, about the show for the vets. Um, you know, I want to uh, today is a big day for 
the military uh, folks because it's Army Navy football game, and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I have a connection to that too, uh, two ways. My my younger brother graduated from Naval Academy, and uh, my son is currently there as a as a sophomore. So mm-hmm. as a youngster, they call him. So wow, yeah, that's so, good. That's good. And um, what I do now, I mean, my my role in life right now is in addition to being husband, dad, is uh, I help people. How many uh, kids? I got three boys. Three boys. Three huh? boys. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. And uh, Saturday morning is always a fight, man, because you know I like I like that last bit of cereal in the in the pantry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I like to read the back of the cereal box still as a grown man. But, uh-huh. you know, I got to be an adult and yeah. let them have that piece. So yeah. uh, you got your hands full <laughs> yeah. raising young men. Yeah, you yeah. Know, especially in this day in this time. day and time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Crystal and I have California in, in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I grew up in California, but I was actually born in um, Washington D.C. D.C. market. Uh, okay. Huh? Yeah, actually, I was born in Freedman's Hospital in uh, Washington D.C. My parents relocated to California when I was just six weeks old. Mm. So um, yeah, the, I, if there's anything that I, I think that I miss about California most, it's it's the ocean and the sky, almost and the mountains. You can see them at the same time. Yes. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. California is such a beautiful place, you know, and it's uh, so much to do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you have a lot of choices. You can just go hang out at the beach all day if that's what you want to do. Oh, right. you know, yeah. you know, or whatever you want to do, you can just do it out there in in Cali. Trust me, I did it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so. What happens in Cali stays in Cali. Yeah, stays yeah, in Cali. Yeah. That Cali, that Cali, something else now. You know, you got a lot of people go out. There. You got to uh, watch what, who you listen to too. Yeah, that's true. Somebody yeah. tell you, and you know, I learned this. Somebody can take a picture with Jay Z. And then they'll say, hey, yeah, man, me and Jay-Z just been hanging out. You know what I mean? And I'm going to call him in a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I mean Hollywood, I mean, yeah. California is just kind of like that. You know, you got a lot of different types of people there who do yeah. different types. Everybody ain't real. That's you know? right. It's a, lot, it's a lot about image. Image. Yeah. Image, you know. But I love the weather. Like you said, I love you can see the mountains. And you know you can go pick oranges off a of tree, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. you know, yes. and you can yeah. just you know have some peace of mind wherever you want to go because you can find that anywhere, right? Right. You know, so well you can't find it anywhere, but you can. <laughs> California, you can find it. And you can find a lot of Oklahomans. Yeah, yeah Oklahomans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, we are, we are definitely. My next door neighbors growing up, they were from they were from uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And we we used to tease them a little bit because you know we were we got we thought we were cool because mm-hmm. we were from California yeah, yeah. from Cali yeah. yeah yeah and so talked about talked about the way we talk uh, it, 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 was, it was a little bit of yeah. about the accent yeah it, it was some of that oh, it was all it was boy. all in good fun oh, especially yeah. since I now have they, I, now my friends tell me that I have the Oklahoma accent oh my so, goodness there you go. me and Charlie Wilson and all uh, of us went out there <laughs> oh but they thought we was they, I'm gonna let me share a little story before we get deep I went out there and. We had on cowboy hats, you know what I mean, and Western wear. That's when Western wear was in, yeah. and everybody was doing this Western wear thing. So we went out. Good partner of mine out there, his name was Ray Moore. Ray Moore said, I said, man, I want to meet some Cal- California girls. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So he took me over to uh, these ladies' house, apartment. They were the three of them. They were living together. And uh, I went up in there, and they said, oh, okay. Hey, they were looking at me, checking me out. And then I started talking, just like I'm talking now, and then they start snickering. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were snickering, 
And I and I, t- I pull right to the side. I say, man, what they laughing? They're laughing at the way you talk. <laughs> I said, this, this, this Oklahoma accent, you know, got them right there. And they were just looking, and I was I thought they was grinning at me, but they were yeah. grinning at the way I was talking. You know, but it was fun, though, you know. Um, California, hey, great place to be. Right. right. If you're really, if you're single. Yeah. <laughs> if you're single, you know, I'll say that much for me. But anyway, uh, moving on along, we've been uh, talking about the, this uh, community development and uh, urban renewal and all. You know, tell us a little bit, Lamar, what the project is and what you stand for. Okay, so uh, we're, like I said earlier, we're part of the Greenwood Unity uh, Heritage Citizens Advisory Team. Um, and uh, the way that, that came about is... Um, let me just kind of hit the high level stuff real quick. In March 2019, after you know word, however, got out to the community that um, uh, Tulsa Development Authority was going to be going before the city uh, uh, of Tulsa um, to get some things approved, and there was a all that. But the main thing was that uh, in the language that they were looking to get passed was um, the right to uh, use eminent domain uh, and put executing on their plans. And so the community showed up and just showed out and took a stance. And out of that came the city sent city council saying, Hey, y'all take a pause, go back and uh, figure this out with the community. And, uh, and to a credit, uh, Councilor Vanessa Hall Harper convened uh, about 30 individuals from, from the community to, to represent the community in this process. And so since about summer of 2019, we've been regularly, meeting and having discussions and workshop sessions with TDA representatives. And the end result of that, um, the most recent um, uh, progress in that is that uh, last Thursday or a week ago last Thursday, um, TDA approved a self-imposed two-year moratorium on even pursuing the use of eminent domain. So um, that's kind of where we are now. Um, but let me, and then we'll we'll walk through what happened um, between March 2019 and now. So, like I said, we've been doing workshops and so forth. And um, our committee, when we formed, um, you quickly realize that people have different levels of understanding uh, of things, and a lot of it is rooted in uh, we understand the end result of eminent domain and the fear behind that. But there's a whole process that leads up to that, okay? And um, because there was a, I'm talking about broadly for our community, uh, because there was a, a, a gap in understanding, um, we went about saying, hey, we want to build knowledge base on our committee first. And so that's where all of this has been happening. It's been taking a little, a little longer than probably what we would like, but it's necessary because when you, when you don't have a broad base understanding, then one or two or three individuals can control the conversation mm-hmm. that, and that hasn't always worked well for our community. So my, one of my main pillars that I stand on is I want people to be empowered um, when I'm on a team, because when other people are empowered, then it makes iron sharpens iron and it allows for uh, other members of the team to really show who they are in terms of walking through the concepts and so forth. So um, we, 
we've convened back and forth with TDA and so forth. And uh, like I said, now we're at that point where the uh, there's a two-year moratorium on that. But the community has to understand this. Um, the history behind that is this. That sector plan um, was formulated um, 2016, 2015, 2016 timeframe. Mm-hmm. And when when, when an entity, when an urban renewal entity comes to the community and says, hey, we want ideas about what you want your future, your community to look like. Well, if you don't understand Title 11 of the Oklahoma State statutes that deals with urban renewal authorities, then you don't understand that one of the major tools in their process is eminent domain. And then there's a process before you even get to that. And so when they come and ask you these ideas, give you give a vision, um, and, his, and if you understand the history, how things played out, then you've got to know that eminent domain is, eminent domain is going to be part of the toolkit. But before they could get to that, they have to do a blight study. And, the, and without the blight study, you can't, you can't even begin. It's, it's an incomplete plan. And then once you do the blight study, that supposedly justifies. And the, and the definition of blight, is, Bobby, is so wide. It's, it's crazy. Like, for instance... Uh, congestion, traffic congestion is one of the criteria that can be used to indicate there's blight in the community. So literally what they just did on Pine, bring it down two lanes. I mean, think about if school was fully in, that would be traffic congestion. Exactly. Which could be used as one of, one of the pillars, one of the bases to say <clears throat> that this is a blighted community. You know, a lot of times, um, in our community, we never get informed about what's going to happen in our community, you know, and that's a big issue. Yes, uh, the system comes into our community and do whatever they want to do. Right. And, yeah. and, and you're right. But let me just say the, the, the way I want to approach that going forward is that we have to be aggressive. That's the other, proactive. The flip side of that coin. Yes, sir. Because mm-hmm. quite frankly, I'm talking about community-wide, had we been proactive and engaged, and uh, first you got to know about the process and then be engaged in it and then dominate the process. If we would have done those three things, we wouldn't have had to show up at City Hall mm-hmm. um, in March 2019. But it, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is what it is. And that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Given the situation, that was absolutely necessary. But we have to understand uh, the basis of how these things come to be. Well, first of all, you know, we have to unify and start become unity within ourselves. Yes, sir. There are too many different sectors and different organizations that are divided. Uh, she thinks it should be ran this way. He thinks it should be ran that way. And so there brings about that division. And you right. can't collectively hardly really do a lot of stuff because you don't have everybody that you need to be on board to help you get there. People want to always reinvent the wheel. You got mm-hmm. an organization that's doing something. Why would I go and open up the same type of organization? Why not right. team up with you? Right. You already got it, boots on the ground and 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 join up with, with you and your organization. What can I do to help to implement what I've got? Right. You know? Right. And that's what I see. I see so much being a radio station host and mm-hmm. radio station and everybody and their mama come through these doors right here. And I see these different cliques of mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. and you know, and we got to unify amongst ourselves in order to fight the system, you know, because when you're the minority, you have to have power. 
mm-hmm. and an mm-hmm. abundance of people and support. Well, when you're not engaged, one, you can't fight. But a higher principle is when you're engaged, you can become the system. What I mean by that, you can take get over, yeah. you know. And um, I think sometimes, Bobby, in our in our communities, that there's a need that sometimes there's pockets of areas where the need is so great. There's nothing wrong with having maybe one or two or three organizations to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like I, I like saying, like it's like being on a football team where you got three wide receivers. All of y'all are catching the ball, right? But you got to be on the same page, the same place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you got where, where's the doubles, two receiver side versus the single right. receiver side. Right. So and that quarterback got to know not to just and, throw that ball to one person. That's all the right. Time. That's right. He got to go. Got to share. The, he got to share. He got to share with all the players. I, I wish. You Lamar, know? I wish Lamar Burks was right here. He'd love this. He's, oh yeah, I talk to him all the time. He's a, I, I, love I that. talk to him all the time. The, so, athletic yeah. history. He he loved this. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, the quarterback has to read the, the defensive coverage right. and do his check down. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, for those for of the you, receivers, so for, those, for those of you listening heads. who understand that, you know, <laughs> you know, that's a whole nother yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah. Right there. But but you got to be a team player, and you got to put your organization together and have a plan. That's right. You know, you got to have a plan. You can't just win. I say, just all on intellect. Mm-hmm. That's right. You have to have a balance between intellect, because sometimes you. Sometimes people can talk above people's heads, just, just common people, and they won't even understand. And you, you, know, you say uh, domain, what that mean? You right, know what I mean? Right, right. They don't even know what that means. You know, right. just like I was telling uh, uh, Vanessa Hall, see, she's a city councilor, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people in our community don't even know what a city councilor is, or uh, a state representative, or a senator. We don't know the definition of those. We know those names. We can say, right. hey, Kevin Matthews, Regina Goodwin, so-and-so. We know those names, but we don't know their positions and their titles and actually what they represent. Right. So you right. have to educate yourself. Go to, you know, we got all these cell phones and stuff, and we can pull up everything up under the sun. You know, and some of us pull up nonsense and foolishness on our phones so right. we can get – the the information that we need to make ourselves a better community. Right, right. You know, and I, I, I will tag on to that mm-hmm. because um, as Lamar says, we've, we've been working over a year um, just trying to get ourselves as a team spun up on what it is that we're up against. And, and, and to your point, you know, TDA, I mean, we call it Tulsa Development Authority. Tulsa Development Authority started off being the Tulsa Urban Renewal Authority. And an Urban Renewal Authority exists for the purpose of scraping up things that they want to call blight, which, which you know, at, at its inception all the way back in the 50s, what, what was blighted was black, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, to the extent that we're talking about an, a, an authority and an agency that was designed at the federal level to do just that, and it did it very efficiently all over this nation. So we talked about California. California has a history with urban renewal. We look at... at Georgia, where I went to school, it's got a history of urban renewal, where we, mm-hmm. where you have whole communities of African American people who were thriving, and then these urban renewal authorities showed up, and and put freeways right smack dab through through the black community. I two forty four. I I two forty four, and and so one of the things that we've had to do, as, as a team, but also as as representatives of a community, is help people to understand that. Just because it's called a development authority doesn't mean that that what it does is develop. I mean, what what it really is 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 a massive sort of land bank 
where it uses the in the toolkit that are given to it federally and at the state level to 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 move forward large projects. And mm-hmm. large projects don't really create an environment for, for small people to really raise their voices and raise their hands and get involved in that process. So so part of what we've been having to learn how to do is is how to sort of dismantle some of that momentum that comes from being small people up against, I, I call them like a giant dinosaur. I mean, when TDA is in your neighborhood, that's never a good thing. It's not. And, and, and the reason TDA can be in your neighborhood is because at the federal level, your neighborhood is regarded as blighted. And, and, and as, as Lamar said, that definition of blight is, is very, oh, it, it, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, it's pages, it's words and words and words, words. pages of, 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 descriptions that that they use when they when they need to mm-hmm. to be able to deem an area as blighted and one you know one of the things that we've suffered from as a community not just in Tulsa but everywhere is that we've been starved of cash right so the, the legacy of redlining is that that you might have a really great idea about something that you want to do with this building where we are broadcasting from today mm-hmm. but if the powers that be and the financial infrastructure says I'm sorry, Bobby, your building's not worth enough for us mm-hmm. to lend you the money to make the infrastructure changes that you want to make, you know, to be yeah, for right, the right. I understand. I mean, the, the legacy of that over decades is that, that you have a lot of home businesses that are dilapidated. And then if you want to then come back and say, well, those are blighted, and so we need to get rid of them, that that's where the institutional racism part really kicks in. And, and then lastly... You know, it's not that black people don't want to have nice neighborhoods. Nobody wants right. to live next to, a, you know, a ratty house that's falling down. And more importantly, um, it's veritably, it's abandoned, right? And so we pick up the phone and, and we call downtown to do something about that that house where the rats are and the, and the grass is up to your head, mm-hmm. you know, above your forehead. Fortunately, that's also part of the machinery that brings us back. To, to this landscape where they come back and say, well, you know, we're using the information that we've accumulated over the years that tells us that these are neighborhoods, these are homes that are that are a nuisance. And and yet what you're trying to do just as an individual to make your neighborhood better is actually feeding that machine that later is going to come back and say that your neighborhood is blighted. And blight is so it's it's there's a there's an absolute component to it. Uh, when you when you're looking at things, but then there's a highly subjective um, component to it. So, what may be blight, what may appear to be blight, or how you define blight in a 21st in Utica area, may not be the same uh, in another community. Okay, and so, uh, but then on top of that, when you layer on top of that, the historical use of eminent domain and blight. And, and I know we, we didn't define it um, right down to the core. Eminent domain allows any governmental entity to um, take your property. And it's rooted in the, the, the fifth amendment of the United States constitution. Okay. And so, um, and there's, there's a, a history and legacy of that. Initially uh, the right to use eminent domain was for public use um, by governmental entities, um, so federal, state, and local municipalities. 
over the years, it has evolved into being a tool that has been used for quote unquote economic development. And there are court cases that um, have tried to fight against that with citizens and so forth, tried to fight against it. And the most, uh, the, the, the one that gets referenced the most is the 2005 um, Kilo versus uh, the uh, new, uh, city of um, in a, a new, new London and Connecticut, uh, where Pfizer, uh, ironically, who was in the news, mm-hmm. uh, warned they, they cleared the way for Pfizer to come in and put up a plan or, or a facility there. And ultimately, they ended up not doing it. And so um, it's that's kind of crazy there. But uh, we have to be uh, an understanding what what it is in the legacy and the history behind it and the and the current statutes and laws and rules and regulations that go around it. So um, that's how we that's how we get there. And uh, like I said, it, it is subjective. Uh, sometimes when you, you could have a, a tool that has righteous pur- purpose, uh, but when you don't have righteous people using that tool oh i see it okay then 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 the tool looks bad um so there are instances in 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 where eminent domain be used for a higher purpose that benefits everybody but unfortunately for our community black communities across the country like berlinda said earlier detroit Pittsburgh, all, all, New either, Orleans, no, yeah. I mean, Chicago. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's been devastating to our community. Uh, on top of the other things we had to do, and we're not talking about just recent stuff. We're talking about in the middle of segregation. You know, where you had opportunities limited, then you're going to throw these kind of things on top. So um, that's what you have to you have to walk into this understanding that. Mm. I think my um, major concern with the use of eminent domain is not that um, properties are just taken away. It's the fact that this is generational wealth in some instances mm-hmm. that's being removed from the community. And then also the, the compensation that's provided is not just compensation. It's just whatever's on the property assessor. That's right. um, and so then that also affects, you know, generations down the line. Um, and that's where, you know, that is what my concern is. She, she brings up a great point put that on um on compensation because part of that that's what the fifth amendment amendment says in the united states constitution is if you're going to take property then there has to be compensation all right but then there's shenanigans that can be played even within that realm mm-hmm. um there's a whole lane of the real how you're valuing the property um you know and what radius you go in to grab comparables and all of this kind of thing and then the process um, and then there's the, the, the legal component um, that the citizen needs to have. You can protest it, um, but you know it's it's a it's a process, and so um, it can get kind of it can get dicey. Um, but that's what we're here to try to make sure that our community dealt with fair in a fair manner. Do you uh, think it's being dealt with fair fairly? Do you really think that? Not historically. Not historically. <laughs> so, so when this when this committee, okay, so the process is this. So they had a when they when they put the sector plan together, there's a committee of thirty people that they got ideas from or whatever, and they walked through this initial process with them. The pro, uh, all right, so you had this beautiful plan, I mean, picturesque kind of thing, right? 
Uh, people can go to TDA's website and look up, uh, or you can just Google uh, Unity Heritage Sector Plan, TDA, whatever, and, and, it'll, and you can, it'll, it'll pull up and you can scroll through it. But so they, they put this plan together. And then what needed to happen that didn't happen is, is they didn't do the blight study, okay? And and when they came when it when it came when they when it came time to execute on it, um, they realized they were short because according to state law, you can have a plan, right? You can have this document, but if it if it's not accompanied by a blight study that is approved uh, by the planning commission and the city council, then you don't have the right to pursue eminent domain. You don't have an urban renewal plan, okay? That is include that can use uh, uh, eminent domain or take properties. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. They didn't do that on the front end, and then they had to come back. And then that's when word got out. We had this um, big protest down at city hall. But you you so that. That committee, they had the initial committee, and then the protest happened on uh, the back end, and then they brought us together. And I don't think they uh, realized the the depth of critical thinkers. We got some, we got some hitters. I mean, some real critical thinkers on our committee. They don't like always to be uh, identified, but uh, that's that's what we got here, and that's where how this is coming. So I heard the music, and that's. No, no, no. The oh, music okay. is just playing. Oh, okay. I, I know if we can go to something to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. So, so um. So that's when this SEC committee was formed, and we took the time to peel back the onion of, of every layer of the process. And um, as a result of that, then what we came to was this. Um, quite frankly, we looked at it as this. The request was for this committee to represent the community in formulating a recommendation that would make it palatable for eminent domain to be used um, as part of this plan. Well, eventually we got to the point where we looked at it like this. You want something from us, but you're not going to get that for free necessarily, right? Um, and, and what has come out of this is this. We put forth the idea of what's known as a community benefits agreement. Right. Okay. And with that, the way it's, the way you read about it and, and, and most examples are used is always tied to a specific project or developer where the developer says, hey, okay, I'll add these extra elements in there, community center, whatever it may be, um, in, in exchange for community not to resist this development going on and so forth. Well, that's that's okay, but – what we started looking at is this. There are root level issues, below the ground issues, that have been impediments to economic development happening in our community. And if you attack that at the root level, then above the ground activity will almost happen organically. And on top of that, will be more desirable and easier to uh, facilitate when you do have development happening. And so the, 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 in, in the most recent TDA board meeting, uh, in addition to putting a two-year moratorium on taking people's property, it, within this, let me say this, be clear, just within the Greenwood Unity Heritage Sector Plan area, 
they're putting a two-year moratorium. Um, but if they're going to try to do it any other place, anyway, they still have to go through that long that process of getting city council approval and so forth. So there's nothing to be necessarily feared immediately on that on that front. Um, but we 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 we're saying that you help us attack some of these root level issues in this community benefits agreement, and then we're going to be setting the tone not just in the short term, but 50 years from now. Um, this landscape will be much more fertile in being able to um, uh, economic development, being able to spring up. And so we are, uh, we are starting, we just recently in the last month or two started engaging um, community organizations that will have to uh, be a part of this process. Number one, for we, we started engaging them because although there's 30 of us, quote unquote represent the community, the community is so much broader than us, right? And we uh we're the fraternity, sororities, some 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 um the black firefighters, police, uh, we, we started in, in interacting with them um to use use them as a sounding board for what we're doing. And now with this community benefits agreement being on the horizon, it's gonna call for uh a, a formal coming together, uh speaking to that unity piece and um identifying issues uh, that we want to have fixed. So, for instance, um, like one of the biggest things is on, on the education front, and I know Berlinda and Chris are probably laughing behind their masks because they know this is big for me, is that um, the schools in our community, the performance of those schools directly impact demand for houses in, real, in the real estate market, Okay. So if, if you're a young couple and you got a child that's going into kindergarten, the first grade, and you're looking to move, what's the first thing you ask? Where my, where's my kid going? To where's my kid going to school? Right. And then if you if engage, you're gonna look up their, their their testing scores, right? And if they're not up to your liking, you're gonna rule out that area. Okay. So there are things that we can do inside this community benefits agreement that will attack. Um, that specifically, um, that's on a, that's on a, just a general neighborhood school level. Let's speak more directly to where we are in this Pine and Peoria area. Okay. Booger T. Washington, let me say this first and foremost, Booger T. Washington was a great national high school before integration ever happened. That's yeah. During my time, that's when Booger T. Washington was like the castle of the community. Pound for pound. pound, I would say Booger T., was mm-hmm. uh, was much it was better it was Booker T Booker T yeah Booker T but here's the thing when what happened integration all that is probably good good intentions but here's the net effect when you don't have to live in this area to get access to Booker T Washington you automatically decrease demand for housing because it's not a neighborhood school all right. And when that happens, then the market isn't as liquid for you, okay? Before you, that's, that's just generally before you start talking about rooftop, what's the average household income and so forth in the area, all right? And so well, that's, just a, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, now this is just Bobby Eaton's personal opinion sure. about integration. For me, it wasn't no good for us. The net effect. I'm going to say yes. it was no good for 
people of color, black people, mm-hmm. not saying it in such a just trying to be away from white folks. Right. I'm just saying what it did was it broke up your culture. It destroyed your black Wall Street efforts in your community. And it it was a situation educationally when you had Booger T. Washington and you had Carver Junior High School and Marion Anderson Junior High School which fed Booger T on a right. consistent basis. Right. You had Dunbar Elementary School, right. Bunch Elementary Burroughs, all of these schools uh, in the black community that uh, that supported Booger T. Washington. Mm-hmm. And, right. and everybody knew in the community, well, you graduated from the school, where you were going. We knew where we were going. During a period of time that where all blacks live basically north, Right. And during a time when you didn't, you had your restaurants, you had your grocery stores, you had all this economic development right here in North Tulsa. You had dealers and all of this stuff over here, movie theaters and stuff right here in North Tulsa. I was able to witness a lot of that, you know, in North Tulsa. You didn't have to go nowhere. Meat, meat packing places. And I mean, yeah, man, let me tell you, it was on and popping, you know, and the thing about it is the economic development was here, but when the integration system came in, it broke all that up. So what it did, it, for, as far as Booger T is concerned, what it did is said, well, if our kids have to come and drive and be bused over here to Booger T, we're going to change the narrative of Booger T, and we're going to make it almost like a college. And we're going to have a high standard to where if you live across the street from Booger T, and you don't qualify, you can't even go to Booger T no that's, more. That's true. And that's what, that's what, and so it started to divide. They changed Carver. Same thing for Carver. Yeah. Booger T. So they just changed the narrative. Things start breaking down in our community. And now we can live next door to Mr. Westmeyer. Yeah. You know, we can move and all of this stuff and, and these communities and we can have cleaners. We can have all this convenience you know, now. And so our kids are raised up in Broken Arrow, Owasso, Bigsby. They don't know nothing about North Tulsa because we haven't passed that message down to them from where we came. We, you might have went, you might have been raised in Vernon Manor uh, right. or Comanche, but we never go back and pass our history down to our children. So now our children don't know nothing about Black Wall Street, nothing about North Tulsa. And they grow up with a sense of uh, entitlement, mm-hmm. you know, and things within their household and go off to OU, OSU, you know, wherever they go, Howard and stuff like that. So it breaks down the cultural black family. It breaks it down because I went away. Right. I left Tulsa. You know, I went away for years and I came back here and I was so, man, discouraged by what I seen. Empty. Wasn't that Miss Johnson's house right there in that lot? Wow, that's Miss So and So, Mister So and So. They no houses no more, no economic, not even a grocery store. So, when the system breaks you down and you allow the system to do that, these are the results you get. And when people like your organization trying to struggle to bring clarity and give information to our people, our people got to be willing to listen. Yes. Well, well, the, well, the, the people, the, the problem is that affirmative action, integration, all of those were solu- solutions and air quotes 
that were devised by people who weren't us. For sure. And and so to, so to the degree that that it benefited any community, it it benefited the community that devised those systems. And so and and the one thing that the that the larger um, system of of America and Tulsa in particular is always doing is planning. None none of this is random. And and so all of these things we're talking about were part of plans. And they weren't like five year plans, ten year plans. We're talking fifty year plans. I mean that that's what a sector plan is. That's what they do. Uh, the, the sector plan mm-hmm. is about fifty years from now. That is so true. And and so yeah. when you and and so I've seen it. Exactly. When I worked for the city, I went down there and I went up to Dewey Bartlett's office. Uh, me and my me and Dwayne Midget, and they showed me some plans. The plans, and I said, "Wow, we don't even in our community know that this is coming." Exactly. You exactly. know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, this is going to be right here. All of those freeways over there out north, I saw those. We talked about those years ago, wow. and now they're here. Right. But you know, when I when I said that, um, had we been engaged uh, on the front end, there's a this whole process. Uh, what happened in March 2019 would have been avoided and averted. Um, so it goes broader than just being aware of your local urban renewal authority and their plans. This is about the comprehensive plan, right? Which is the 50-year lookout, which it, it it's it's the big six in the real estate game, and, okay? And um, because. The comprehensive plan dictates land use, and I'm gonna throw this alley oop to Belinda. Yeah, this, that's a it, that's a lay that's an easy layup. That, it, it means, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, uh, easy layup. Yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna change uh, sports. No, no she, okay. yeah, yeah, she 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 gonna rise and dunk this one. Okay, but, but it's that 50 year lookout that dictates. It even dictates what TDA can and cannot do. Okay, that, that is absolutely and so, right. And 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 so the example I like to give people who 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 aren't geeky about this stuff like we are, right? Is that I'm not even from here, but I I remember how amazed I was to find out about the town of Alsuma, mm-hmm. and and I, I was like Alsuma, where's Alsuma? And 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 if you go back, where is Alsuma? It's gone. Mm-hmm. Al, Al, Alsuma mm-hmm. is gone. Okay. And it is gone by design. Mm-hmm. And and you know, 50 years before they they put the final nail in the coffin of Alsuma, there was a plan. That that you could have seen on a map, just as as you just outlined, that said these people who live in this place, you know, and 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 the Goodwin family can certainly attest to this. They moved them out of that space. Fifty years before that happened, it was already decided at the city level that that was going to be industrial and commercial. And oh, voila! Fifty years later, what have we got out there in Fifty First Domingo? That's what you got. We got exactly what was in the plan. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the part that really frustrates me. Is that there are two parts to what we're fighting here. Mm-hmm. There, there is how they actually execute the plan, but on top of that, there is the plan, and the plan is about is about the land use. So if 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 uh, Incog calls you up and asks you to take a survey about what you think you want your neighborhood to look like or what you think you want to have in your neighborhood, they're not asking that randomly. They're asking that because in their minds, in the glass building downtown. They live in 2070. We we can't be mm-hmm. only living in the now. We actually have to be moving and working and coordinating and understanding 
that everything that a city government does, everything that a state government does, everything that the federal government does is about the future. And not tomorrow future, not 10 years from now future, but 50 years out. So what's happening right now is going to determine what is actually going to be here in this very spot that we're sitting in in 27. Right. That's true. And uh, I thought you were say. I was just going to say um, the, a really good point that you made is, you know, what's going to happen in the future. I think what you know younger people need to do or, you know, people that are you know just starting their families, we need to move to the community where we want to see the change. Right. And I, th- I think that um, if you want to, you know, do something about how you see your community, you need to be active or at least, you know, have your tax dollars contribute to the community that, you know, you love. So that's kind of um, an important thing for me and my husband. And that's why we choose to live in this sector, you know, um, to be able to, you know, see, because when Mr. Eaton is talking about all of this wonderful things that have happened historically. I want to see that for my kids too. And my grandkids, I don't want it to be something that's just a thing of the past because my parents, I also grew up not in North Tulsa. So, and I went to um, a high school that's not in North Tulsa. And so, but I want to ensure that this uh, area of town doesn't um, lose lose its history with my family, my mom's generation. So, and we got to be, you know, we, we got to be careful about um, how we look at things because the bottom line is, like, from a demographic perspective, if if no black people leave America or, or, and on a cruise ship somewhere, we're, we're maximum we're fifteen percent of the population, right? And fifteen uh, percent of uh, the pop- what? You in Tulsa? No, U.S. Oh, we're 13%. I'm just saying, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. go, I'm going to give us a little of the US. Yeah, 13% yeah. of the U.S. Yeah, we right? talk about this all the yeah. time. And so, so yeah. I, I like to use, like, you know, get back to sports. You know, if you got a, a football team of 100 guys, right, and you leave, what type of jersey you're going to wear every year up to a vote? Well, if you got 15 guys that want to wear red jerseys and the other 85 want to wear green jerseys, um, the probability that you're going to wear red jerseys is slim. However, if you are able through whatever means to convince half of the 85 uh, to vote with you, mm-hmm. then you're going to, you're going to wear red jerseys that year. But the problem is, is that at any moment, if a majority of that half that you got to vote with you, they said, mm, we want to go back to wearing green. Then you're back in a, in that position again, where you're having to build um, uh, a voting block. And uh, unfortunately, that kind of thing is um, throughout history for for us in terms of a moment's notice. Our hope can be snatched from us. So let me just go back to the American Revolution. You got Christmas addicts, okay? While the U.S. was fighting for freedom from taxation from Britain, Christmas was fighting for freedom from slavery and oppression, even though he was up north, right? The first brother to die, the first person African who died in that, right? There was a well, that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. But, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying, according to, right, mm-hmm. right? So, but then did he, did that moment of, that seemed, it's a violent act, right? Seems like it could be a moment of progress, but didn't come to fruition. All right? Now, let's fast forward to uh, slavery, the Civil War, an act of violence that had embedded hope in it, which it came to fruition for about 10 to 12 years, known as, Reconstruction, 
But then the Great Compromise of 1867 happened, and Jim Crow was allowed to rule supreme. So, and then we can go on and on to the 60s, the civil rights movements, progress, moments of regress. Um, and so we've got to be careful about how well, we move. you know, uh, one thing that I realize is how can you know where to go if you don't know where you come, come from? That's true. You know, and we as a people were enslaved, mm-hmm. brought to this country against our will. Uh, our women were impregnated by white culture. That's why here in America, there's, we're like a bouquet of flowers. We're all shades and different colors. That mm-hmm. melanin was destroyed on those once those slave ships, the good slave Jesus and the Amistad ships mm-hmm. coming back and forth. And they stripped us here from our heritage and our culture and our spirituality. It was stripped. So if I take you, Lamar, bring you over to my house, beat you down, and change your name to Johnny Turner, you know what I mean? And tell you you can't study this and you can't study that. What are you going to do? And you don't have anything mm-hmm. you can do about it. Then you're going to have to adhere to my values and my standards. And so that's what happened here in the United States. So we still suffer right to this day, right to this day for some of that same mentality, you know, that we haven't overcome. Some of, some of the young ones still shooting each other and breaking it down. And, you know, it's all kinds of stuff happening. Not all. Just a very few, mm-hmm. you know, that's making a whole lot of people look bad. But so here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where you got 400,000 people, 400,000 people. Mm-hmm. And out of 400,000 people, you got 65,000 black people. Right. right? right. 65,000 black people out of 400,000 people. So we have to adhere to the systems and the laws of the land or what's voted in. This is a red state. And we just have to fight, fight. The struggle is harder here for us, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, for change, you know, for educational purposes, for our children, for food, for all kinds of stuff. So we're still conditioned in a certain way, still subject to a lot of that Jim Crow stuff that they say we don't have no more. We still got some of that. Can I say something? Yes. All that you just said was truth. But but I will tell you, you you know, we 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 three here and and many others in the community, we put in the hours, right, trying to work on how we're going to turn this ship around. And and I will tell you, because people look at me and and at at all these meetings and they're like, Relinda, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're you're not even from here. But but one thing that I will I will say to you, Mr. Eaton, is that Greenwood is unique. And that the, that the thing that drives me, the thing that has me sitting in this very chair right now, is that the free people of Greenwood came here, and they got this land, and they did things that free people do. They had independence. They had an economy. They had agency. They had, they had spirituality. They, they had vision. And, and although my family... My my family comes from from uh, black communities that were that were absolutely thriving. I mean, because because for a, a period of time, once black people were emancipated, it's not that we didn't understand what freedom looked like. And many of us went out into the world to get ourselves some, right? I mean, the the history of the black towns here in Oklahoma is unique because of because it was in Indian territory, right? In a way that. In other places like you know Mississippi or North mm-hmm. Carolina or Georgia, 
Um, those are very old states. But here it was like a new day. And so to me, what makes Greenwood unique is that this land that we're sitting on is, is here. It has a very specific intended purpose. And as far as I am concerned, the reason that there are people not just in this state, not just in this nation, but internationally, who look at what was happening here on the ground in 1921 and raise it so high is that this place, this Black Wall Street, was a beacon of freedom. And so when I look at, at, at what we're up against, as it, I mean, Black people are up against urban renewal authorities and institutional racism everywhere in the, in the land, on the globe. But when I look at this place, this place is special and unique because it, the ground, the very ground, has, has a unique purpose that I, that I know that within your veins, it beats the heart of, of these free people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to me, we have to stay focused on that in this landscape mm-hmm. because this is a place that is intended to demonstrate to all of us that we can do this. And for me, and for me, I appreciate what you just said because it was a beacon for free people amongst those people. Yeah, free right, people, right. the blacks, right, right, you know, yeah. the African Americans that we were free amongst ourselves. Exactly. But for the system, we were never really free. But for for our system, the Black Wall Street, Greenwood, I remember. I walked the streets of Greenwood in its last days, all the way from Pine to Archer. And when all those businesses were still there, it was few, I was a little boy. We used to go to the movie theaters, Rex Theater, and all that. And I saw that economic development and all these different black businesses down on Greenwood and I, barbecue places. And I'm little, I'm little now. I'm on, the, I'm on you know, the resurgence of it being built again. And I get the very end of it before urban renewal came in. And started knocking it down. I was born in Moton Hospital right here, you know, and I saw all of that. And it's so discouraging to see what you were raised with. Because I had been gone for a while, you know, and I hadn't been back here in years, being all destroyed and controlled. You know, you got big old OSU sitting up down there, you know, and all that OETA and all of this gentrification stuff taking place. Oh, but it's more than gentrification. Yeah, it's more it, than that. It's been removed from the landscape. There are they, lots of places that where the where the streets and the buildings are still there. They're they, they are they're derelict, right? They're derelict. But right. but this is different. This is a whole different kind of urban renewal. This is wiping it off. That's it's off erasing. It's like taking an eraser. Okay, we're gonna erase that out. We're gonna exactly. erase this out. Let's keep keep erasing. And they erase your history and your culture. And next thing you know, you have nothing. So when your kids ride down Greenwood, all they see is a park over in this side and OSU. And that's all they see and that's all they ever know. But one thing I fault us for as African-Americans, we do not teach our history to our children. Every other race, Asians, Hispanics, uh, white people, they teach their children all about their history. We act as though we don't want to talk about our history. Because when I was growing up, you didn't talk. They didn't teach us about 1921 uh, 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 Black Wall Street, the massacre. I didn't, we didn't know nothing about that 
coming up as teenagers. You know, they didn't tell us because, and I found out as I got older, why? And they didn't teach us because they said they didn't want it to reoccur again. Mm. Right. So well, they, they didn't talk about it. Now, you, you, uh, let's not forget the reason why you got those hyperachievers in the black community uh, that came here because this state initially was this area. This this area is supposed to be for blacks and Native Americans, correct? Mm-hmm. And so this was the land of opportunity, all right? So that's why you had this high concentration of that entrepreneurial mindset. And because of what happened in 1920, I'm going to give you a right now example of the, the net effect. Um, uh, John Rogers, uh, who runs Aerial Capital Management in Chicago, in Chicago, his three times great or four times great grandfather was a major uh, real estate holder here. The, 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 the Stratford? Re- Stratford, yes. J.B. Stratford. J.B. Stratford. Yeah. And mm-hmm. boom, the, the the massacre happens. He he leaves, and however many generations down the down the line, now you have John Rogers, head of Aerial Capital Management, which you can't tell me is just a coincidence because, in addition to the great loss of life and property, equal to that amount was the loss of business, brain trust. Okay. And so, um, but what we can do, that's history. So when you understand that, now you are empowered to say, what can we do? I want to make sure we talk about what we can do going forward mm-hmm. in a proactive, aggressive manner, okay? Because, yes, science history, and as terrible as it may be, we, what we cannot do is allow it to continually uh, arrest our spirit, Okay. We have to take that resistance and make ourselves strong. I mean, you know, athletes don't get strong without resistance, right? You don't, you don't get crowned champion without having a, a formidable opponent, opponent. So we have to say, let's get into a proactive mode. Uh, what can we do? I, I, I call Just, that, that how, the way that I think about that mm-hmm. is that, that on, on May 31st of, of 1921, and June the 1st of 1921, a, a terrible thing happened to the people here, to the free people. Mm-hmm. But you know what they did on June 2nd? They, they started the re- rebuilding process. They, oh, they started they, cleaning up. They stood up. They stood up. Mm-hmm. They stood up. And, and, and what we're talking about, what you're talking about with your community benefits agreement, for instance, that this is, about, this is a June 2nd plan. Yeah. We, we will not be down. Right. You, 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 can't put this, you can't put this community down. This, these people, we people, we stand up. Right. And, you know, there has been a, a sector plan that has covered, you know, where I'm sitting now, probably all my, my born days, because those sector plans go back that long. Continuously, there have been sector plans. And the Urban Renewal Authority is, is part and parcel of what it is that we're seeing in this landscape. If, if, if TDA could do such a, a fantastic job of rebuilding North Tulsa, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to give them an F. Yeah, uh, but the, based but on, the based, I mean, because what we have here is the is the perfect result of all the decisions that came before today, and this is exactly what we got, and and something like a community benefits agreement that actually says if you're going to come into this landscape, first you darn well better have a a, a higher public purpose for why you're doing it, right. and then two, oh wait, 
the higher public purpose is defined by the people who, is, who are supposed to be able to benefit from it, right. and that's the community benefit agreement. And, and I will say um, because they are op- – they've said, hey, we are open to this community benefits agreement, um, I think that's a function of, one, generally they finally started to listen to us, and I think that listening is a function of kind of the, the recent um, – composition of the mm-hmm. board and things of that nature and just mm-hmm. generally the uh just kind of the general so they're sense. listening they're, they're they're listening now uh, but you know, are they agreeing or, or you know that's where we are now now we're it we've kind of we haven't laid the runway isn't laid but we've cleared some trees right i, I i'm not sure i would say they're listening okay uh, but but what i will say is that the eyes of the world are on them and it's not a good look to be ignoring us yeah 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 so I couldn't say 100 percent that they're relative to where the camera's on. Yeah. And, and it doesn't look good if people are telling you things and then you are ignoring them. Relative to I will definitely agree with what Berlinda just said, because, you know, I run I run into a lot of situations where people are listening to you. But. They're not hearing you, mm-hmm. you know. Right. You right, know, and right. when they leave out, they go back to doing the, what they normally do. Right. You know, and I'm saying, well, man, he didn't hear what I just explained to him. Right. You know, he didn't give me any kind of reaction or any kind of response. Can you help us? Right. You know, because I run into a lot of people. Hey, can you help us? You know, and so I'm, I explain it, but they don't. Like I said, they don't hear it. Right. You know, and a lot of times in the system, systematically, you can say it all you want to to them. You know, right. they may not hear you. My thing is this. We got to take care of us. We got to learn how to educate us. We got to get. We just bought here over here. We just bought a community garden, mm-hmm. some land. We cleaned it off and we're going to put some hoop over there and we're going to take these kids over there and let them grow gardens. And hey, this is my tomato. Or this is my okra. You know, that's that's going to be what we want to do for the youth and the kids until we start learning how to get that black Wall Street way of life back into our community, back into our mindsets, start coming over here, buying up our property. Because let me tell you, they it's, coming over here, buying it all up. Right. It's, it's happening. It's, it's happening. happening. It's happening right now. Oh, for sure. And uh, I, I would say, um, you know, go, going back to that proactive mindset, one, starting very broad and wide, uh, getting involved uh, I'm not saying you got to show up at every meeting. I mean, you can watch these meetings online, but keep becoming aware of what's going on with the comprehensive plan. Tune in to the Tulsa Planning Commission uh, meetings. Getting uh, educated. You, you got you to yeah. even know what you just said right now. Right, right. That, that's why I'm what saying. Is a, what, is a com- what is a comprehensive plan? Right. See, and I know how our community mm-hmm. thinks. You have to almost talk in layman's terms yeah, 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 to yeah. our yeah, community yeah. Right. to get Johnny and Joe them understanding what it's all about. Because sometimes if I go if I go high in the conversation, right, right. they don't comprehend those titles and those words and those names. So, and I'm not denouncing anybody's no, no, no. education or anything intellectual. You, you got to meet people where they you are. You got to meet them where they are. Where right. they are. So, I cannot talk to drug addicts who come over here right. uh, up on this high level plane. Mm-hmm. I have to break myself down to where they're at, you know, and talk about drugs and alcohol right, right. because I've been there before. Right. I know what that's like. You know, it's been 30 years, but I still know what it's like. Right. So right. you have to meet people on their levels 
you know, you got to meet like like over here at uh, KBOB eighty nine point nine. I don't put nobody on no status. It ain't no level of intellect. Or you a judge? You a lawyer? You so and so? And here's a drug addict and a single parent mom with a baby and kid. Over here, you all on the same damn level to me. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't put one above the other. You know, degrees don't matter to me. And all I got a degree in music, but that, what did that mean? Right. Don't mean nothing. Right. But I believe in us working together, like what you guys are doing right here, your projects and stuff, getting this information out to our people. That's why we're talking about it right now. Right. You good, know. Well, good good trouble starts where you are. Good trouble. <laughs> and, you know, and 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 so I, I'm an active member of the Democratic Party, and I I know we as Black people have a lot to say about the Democratic Party, but you know what it is that I do know about the, about the party? What? It's who shows up. And they, they here in Oklahoma, you know, there there's an infrastructure there, and and some of what it is we need to be doing, whether mm. it's for planning or education or for voting, getting re- the right representation, it starts at the block level. Mm-hmm. So where where we're sitting, it's in a precinct, and 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 you, you go there to vote. And and I'm telling you that it, it is possible within the Democratic Party or any other organization that you want to look to, but the Democratic Party is easy for me because most of us vote Democrats. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to vote for Democrats, just use their stuff right. um, and, and start at the block level and, and you know, organize at the precinct level. Then, then you go to the next precinct and you organize at, at, at the neighborhood level. And then before you know it, regardless of whether you got a Ph.D. or, you know, or a GED, you got you have like-minded folks sitting around being able to, to organize to be able to come out to do the things that need to get done. Good trouble, but good trouble doesn't start in your head. Good trouble comes when I you know when I come and join with you and you join with him and you with her. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what we have to do. Just make sure you register to vote. Well, you, do. Well, you gotta vote. You, you know you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, just, you know, yeah, but but a vote, got, a vote is important. Yeah. But you know what's really I mean a, a vote is like a little drop of water, right? right like right. a like a raindrop. But raindrops that actually gather together in a bucket together, yeah. now you could actually do something with those votes. Right, and we right. just let the raindrops just fall all down instead of actually collecting them together so that we can actually do something with it, like, mm-hmm. grow, like grow a garden. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and then on an on a education front, um, let me just say this. You know, uh, I, whether you are private, you know, you got kid public school, private school, wherever you choose, you know, that's. You know that's the benefit of uh, the civil rights movement is having choice, right? So I'm not against that. The main thing is we have to be the village around our kids have to be on point because not everybody has the perfect house. You know, mom and daddy and two dogs and a cat, right? Um, so we have to surround our kids and making sure that regardless of what goes on administratively with TPS or whatever school district you're in, there are just certain things that even if they, you feel like they're throwing hurdles at you, there's just certain things they cannot control. They cannot control how the village around a kid um, holds them accountable for doing homework or um, behavior or things of that nature. Um, it's setting expectations, okay, uh, which all play into those testing those standardized testing benchmark scores and things of that nature. Um, and, and, and so those, and also those institutions, um, we have to hold them accountable, right? Um, that, that's going to help 
too. That's why you need to go to those PTA meetings and you things can. like that at those schools and represent your child and go into their classrooms and look at their work and see what they're learning. Right. You know, because see, you, the school you, system. You need to do that even if, if yeah. you don't have kids in and the school. Even if you don't have kids I, in the school. I'm paying you're for right. the school that your kid is going to. There you right. go. There right. you, now, that's a good right. point right, right there. That's a great point right. right there. Right. You know, because if you do that, then you can engage. And no parent, no parents are going to go into those schools, and them teachers are going to look at those parents and say, uh-oh, here come Mr. Eaton. Let me right. get it. Let me get myself together. Well, you know, and it also it gives your child the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. When it's on a board, when it's on a borderline, uh, I mean, it can boil down to them having an eighty-nine in a class. Well, you know what? That that kid, that village, uh, yeah, that's worth the extra point. You know, it, I mean, it, 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 it can boil down to something it, like that. It's, it's it's so important. You know, I've been doing this juice radio show with kids at high schools. We've had some students that had challenges in their school system. So through parent authorization, they allow me to go to the school. Mm-hmm. Mr. Eaton, go to school. Uh-oh, Mr. Eaton up in here today. That's for the juice. Oh, oh, Lord. I talk to the teachers. I talk to the counselors. I look at the grades. And then, and these could be children of single-parent mothers. You know, they don't have a male in it. And so here, I, I'm the male, so I'm going to try to help out me and Ramal Brown. You know, we do this. And the thing about it is, is when you have a kid that's not doing well in school and you show them love, L-O-V-E, mm-hmm. you embrace them, you show them love, you get in their face, you hug them, you do things, you call them from time to time, they will find a sense of connection right, to right. do better. Right, right. Right. Do, and that's what we have to do in our community rather than chastise them, beat them up, call them a bunch of names, tell them they sorry and all that. Right. You know, when you're doing all that, you're just defeating the purpose. Right. You know, so there's a way. Education is power. Right. And, and, and I'm not talking about these things in isolation because education, I mean, the performance of our uh, schools is directly tied to real estate value. Um, it's directly tied to uh conveniences and amenities that um, are present in in the community. It's not the only factor, right? We got other institutions. We got to have strong churches. And, and, and what I mean by strong oh, churches, man. I'm not let's talking go, about just... Don't go there. Hey, man, let's... That's no. a whole other conversation no, right there. No, you know you what? Brought, you brought up that word. This is my ministry. You I ain't going to lie. I'm just going to put it there. We, okay. We got to do better as church. Like, for instance, if we don't trust somebody else to deliver our history, then we've got to set up the portals to deliver that history. Okay. And historically what's been an institution for us to deliver and information and organize churches, right? That'd be churches, but we got to, we got to, now we got to, we got to step up to it. We got to step up to it. We got to, we got to change. Since you went there, (laughs) since you went there, I'm going to go here just on my part. We've talked about this. There are in North Tulsa, they say there are about 250 churches Mm -hmm. in District 1 here in North Tulsa. Now, out of 250 churches, and I'm not talking about all churches. Right. You probably got got about 10 of them who actually participate in doing uh, things in the community, helping, feeding people, getting out to do it. Probably about 10 out of 250. Most churches that I see open up on Sunday morning for church and Wednesday night Bible study. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of the church. They're not mm-hmm. involved.
involved in anything. They have ministries and these big edifices mm-hmm. sitting up, and maybe their brothers in the congregation, and he's a deacon, and they got little families and stuff. And you got these old pastors up in the pulpit, been in there, they 90, 80, 90 years old, who don't want to step aside and pass the torch to a younger person. Now, it says the church cannot grow without its youth. Right. Right? It can't grow without its youth. So, what's the, why have a church, no edifice, opening, you know, basement and everything, and all this in this big old edifice that's been here for years is not producing anything in the community? Now, reason I say that is because Jesus didn't have an address. He didn't have no address at all. There was no 1533 North North or go over there and see Jesus. He was out here in the bayous and all around. He was, sir, he had a posse, you know what I mean, with him and stuff. You know, Peter and them was all, hey, that was all with with Jesus in the community, knocking on doors, feeding the homeless, dealing with uh, single parent uh, moms. And I mean, it just went on and on. It was was on and popping. And, and I don't, I don't want to. People are always thinking that um, what I'm just said is that the, the churches are not doing anything. They're, they're actually doing a lot of work. However, no, they're well, not doing a lot of work. Well, they well, are. I deal with this. They are not okay. doing a okay. lot of work. They're doing a one annual giveaway a year. Okay, okay, okay. And they, they'll do something like okay. that. They, they're not doing okay. a lot of work. Yeah. Now I, I talk to I, a lot of pastors and a lot of churches. They're not doing a lot of work. Okay. The thing about it is, is there's so much division. Now, there's so much <laughs> division that, yeah. in the church. Yeah. Because, yeah. hey, Reverend Chappelle, Reverend Webb, Ben Hill, mm-hmm. all the B.S. Roberts, when they were around, when I was a little boy, they was working it. Yeah. They cool. were community connected, and they were doing the work of the community. You didn't have to set up no appointment to go see no pastor. Mm-hmm. I got to call the church, set up an appointment. Now I can go see this pastor. You couldn't. You didn't have to do that. Right, you could right. just walk up. Catch him at Wanda J's, you know what I mean? Catch him just out and about. Hey, Pastor Chappelle, can I talk to you? Yeah, go over there and have a conversation. That's the way it used to be. And there's a a danger in pointing to the church um, being as a be-all, end-all for us. Because then, because what I'm about is individual empowerment, empowerment on the individual level, okay? Because when, when we are empowered individually... Then when we come together collectively, whether we're under the umbrella of a church or not, it doesn't diminish the momentum in the forward progress. Okay, and so we, there, there, I don't want us to, we can't do the things we've done in the past and expect different results. Um, I just even even the church, the church, the churches have to take a step back and say, okay, can we continue to try to Fight these battles, whichever ones are or are not active. Can we continue to take the same but course Lamar, of action and expect a different result? It's about they, the body of Christ mm-hmm. has been sliced up into so many pieces. Sure, you got Baptists, you got Episcopalians, you got Catholics, yeah, 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 you got yeah. you got Church of the Living God. You got all these different religious doctrine that's sliced up. For example, across the street from me are two churches. Mm-hmm. Right, I got. This church over here, Mount Olive, mm-hmm. Sunday morning, they playing organ and drums and stuff over there on Sunday mornings. And across the street over here, Church of God, they don't believe in that at all. Right. Who's right? I mean, who's, whose stuff is right? See, and, and, and the thing about it is, is 
this is a touchy subject for Bobby Eaton. Okay, go ahead. Is go ahead. He, are these churches? Yeah, I understand. You know, and that's very touchy <laughs> for me. When you brought it up, yeah. you, you you took us there. Uh, right. and, <laughs> you know, you you you, you he, he threw huh? the flag on the plate. Yeah, you, 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 you took us there, and it's a it's a very touchy subject for me because. Within where we sit right now, there are about nine churches. Yes, there are. Right, right here, I can you can walk to them. Who's doing anything in the community? I can only right. name one or two that may be trying to do something. But for the majority, the majority of people that are in the churches don't do nothing right. but preach on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night Bible study out of the out of the Bible. Right, right. You know, and and if you know, if you've done your history and you've done your research, I was I took some seminary school. There you go. At one time, you know what I mean. I was in there highlighter, highlighter yellow of the book, and I was all off into it, man. I mean, I was deep. Right, right. You know what I mean. I was a, I was what they call after the drugs and alcohol and the divorces and all that. I got my life saved. Mm. Oh, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I was riding with that at one time, and I realized when I went overseas. And I went to the heartland and I said, wait a minute. A lot of things that I've been taught in America is untrue because the natives were breaking it down to me. They told me, you know what they said? They say, Bobby, Mr. Bobby, most of the people in America don't even know what Sunday is. So what is Sunday, Mr. Bobby? I couldn't define Sunday. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us can't. We don't know what Sunday is. And then they pointed up to the sky and pointed to the sun. Yeah, that, yeah I'm mm-hmm. just telling you, they pointed to the sun and they said Sunday. I said, man, I never really connected that. Right. I thought Sunday was go to church day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then they said, what? Monday. Monday, moon day. Moon day right. And I started I getting all these definitions and clarity. And then I had my Bible up under my arm. Now, I'm over here. I'm over in that country, you know, I'm touching the Tigris River. Oh, I'm on holy ground. Oh, oh, you know what I mean? That's where I'm at. You know what I mean? And they said, Mr. Bobby, it says, uh, what's the book you're reading, sir? I said, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Spirit. I I mean, I'm I'm Bible thumping now, you know? And then they said, can we see your book, sir? Three of them. They had their beards and the turbans on the Suvir and Armaget. You know, they still listen right to this day. We got a connection. And I say, yeah. They looked at my Bible and they started scrolling through my King James Bible. And they were on their knees. And I was so proud that I was over in this holy on holy ground. Abraham, you know, Rebecca and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Isaac. I'm like, woo, man, I'm here. You know, and then they said, Mr. Bobby, where are the rest of the books, sir? Yeah. Right. And, and I said, well, this is the book that was given to me over in America. I says, Mr. Bobby, you, mm-hmm. you're from baby country. Mm-hmm. He says, your country, you you guys play with God. I said, what do you mean by that, man? Mm-hmm. They say, you go up an hour, you play with his time, and you go back an hour. You play with God's time. You don't know the days of the week and the definitions for it. You read a Bible that was transcribed in the year 1611 mm-hmm. by, uh, by scribes, by King James scribes, who translated only 66 books. And within those 66 books of the translation, books, they put in words like, thus thou, though, thee, mm-hmm. inside the book for the English, for the English. Because right. that's what, that's what uh, uh, King James wanted in his kingdom. And he kicked out, he kicked out Columbus 
and all of them, they were thugs and vagabonds and barbarians, kicked them to the seas, mm-hmm. right? Kicked them to the seas. And by him doing so, by him, by him kicking them to the seas, they came and incarcerated your people, them thugs mm-hmm. and, and vagabonds and barbarians, and brought them to the United States, kicked the Native Americans in the butt, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, they were down there, and they were looking at my book, right? They say they call him Jesus. Right. I said, yeah, yeah, that's what we call him. He's Jesus. It says, oh, they Yeshua. changed his name from Yeshua to Jesus. Right, to the English. I mean, you got to, you got to, you got to. And we don't even have him. the letter J in our right. alphabet in Hebrew scripture. Right. But you, but see, when you, you don't. We don't know that. When you don't know that and yeah. you don't study to show yourself so approved, approved you like it say in the book. There you go. You there know you what go. I mean? There you go. Then. You just don't know. You go about what your grandma didn't taught you, your grandpa didn't taught you, and through slavery, right. what you've been taught. Because I look at it, and I, I used to think that if you was running around in the church hollering and, oh, hey, you had the Holy Ghost. I thought that was the Holy Ghost. What I realized, it's an emotional attachment to slavery. When well, the pa- more, yeah, when the pastor gets up in the in the pulpit, that's an emotional attachment well, to slavery. Those yeah. were when they used to say, "Wait in the water." Well, they sent a code of text, they sent coded coded messages, messages right, right, right. coded that's messages, and that was the only time the slave master would allow you to get together and congregate was inside your right. churches. You playing meetings inside your right. churches behind his back. You did all and, that, and therefore. Is the reason why I say that uh, the church has to uh, reassess how it's it's uh, assisting in these efforts. And I don't care what the doctrine or denomination you belong to inside your building. It's about what happens when you come outside that building and you're still walking. You live, eat, and breathe in this community, whether you Jew or Gentile yeah. or whatever, right? But we still we still have to be Neighbors, and we got to be. You got to be neighbors, and, and, the, gotta, and the Bible itself, Lamar says, yeah. when two or more are gathered, mm-hmm. two or more. It don't say where brick and mortar is. Yeah, yeah. it says where two and more. But it's, I'm I'm talking in relates. Yeah. as it relates to how this plays out for us in terms of community development and urban renewal. Okay. Um, but okay, we, but 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 you 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 two are saying some of the same things right. uh, but but the part that i disagree slightly with both of you on is that at its root we're a communal people yes right and and so and 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 the idea that we've got to build in this individualistic way that's actually a philosophy that's not natural to us and and so to a certain degree where two or more are gathered resonates with us as as a people because we believe in the village right, right we right, we, we believe in a communal value system mm-hmm. i'm not i mean if, if crystal's down i'm not i'm down right right and and so that underlying you know and i'm going to butcher it but you know people talk about Ubuntu, right mm-hmm. okay, you know now. all right here okay. we go and so <laughs> I, I am because we are mm-hmm. and and for me as we're thinking about ways to to build we have to get we have to catch up everybody yes. in this net whether I like them, whether I'm afraid of them, whether I, I, I love them or hate them, that these plans that we're developing in this space now, for the first time perhaps in a long time, mm-hmm. have got to be able to serve everyone. And, 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 and we're, we have an amazing opportunity um, 
in front of us, um, starting with this community benefits agreement. So for for churches or organizations that and institutions that uh, are in this in in this air, in our space, this is an opportunity to come to the table to help build these. It might be one big one. It might be a series of smaller ones. Okay, everybody has a vested interest because of we have common problems, right? Um, well, but it will couple, rise or fall on, on the, the three, community. the three different, the three words in what you're describing, community benefit agreement. Right. Mm. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking we're about whether mm-hmm. we even have a, a community. We, we have to understand that the benefit has to be shared and we have to agree. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's why we, we have to start building up our community again. Right. right. I mean, I see it. I see it. Ha- it's been weakened and we've been traumatized from the massacre here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It still lives on. And so we got to just start. I, I think that we got to just start building up our youth and our children, educating them, getting them involved. Because I'm an old man. Hey, I'm just kind of like sitting around and some of my classmates and stuff just drinking coffee. You know right. what I mean? And that's about the extent of their activism. And the involvement, they're not going to get out and do too much of nothing. Right, right. You know, so I have to have the Ramal Browns and the Negro Spirituals and all them around me who are going to be doing the work, you know, because, see, they need our wisdom. See all this gray right here on his chin? <laughs> and, and we need their energy. Right. The, the work has always been about the baton, though. Yeah. I just happen to be the one holding it right holding now. Holding it. Right. But, but, but my clutching it doesn't make it have value. What makes it have value is that I pass it on. You got to pass, pass it to me and I will pass you gotta it on. You got to pass it on. Don't you know the civil rights movement has always been about young people? Martin Luther King died in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Malcolm them died in their 30s. It's always been about young people. It's never been about the elderly. It's been about the young. And when mm-hmm. the young takes that bull by the horn and they really get on it and work it, you can get progress. Right. Yeah. So, oh, and I think this, for this. me, the reason why I wanted to be a part of the community um, action team is because, um, I mean, I, I can see that there wasn't a representation of a lot of younger people. And I think it's important to just be present and to bring your perspective and I'm just I like just like listening to what everyone is saying because I'm gaining knowledge when I first started I didn't know anything about you know sector plans or a master plan and I mean my background is marketing so I'm in marketing but just getting the knowledge and the understanding I think being present going to the meetings voting um, also with Lamar talking about the community benefits agreement there are other ways to economic development within our community and a lot of other communities have done it with the help of the city so we're going to have to partner in an instance with the city because I mean that's yeah, who has the money right so right exactly she's humble let, let me say this um there, there's probably five or six individuals on the committee that are just hard thinkers and, and deep thinkers and um, she's she's one of them. And uh, one day uh, we were having a conversation, and she I forget exactly what she said to me, but it caused me to dig deeper. And all I'm gonna tell you is I was up till 5 a.m. <laughs> and uh, I finally <laughs> I finally found some answers. She made you think, think, huh? Oh boy, I was like, wow. But but see, that's that's the thing about having the the community empowered mm-hmm. around you, whether it's just a small team or your neighborhood or whatever. It makes it makes you better. Iron sharp as iron. And so um, 
we have an amazing opportunity um, to to meld together around community benefits agreement and then also the, the knowledge building and the engagement process from the the plan, the comprehensive plan, the thing that lay that that sets the tone for mm-hmm. if what can go next to your house or mm-hmm. what can go next to your community, um, right down to wh- how that impacts what TDA can do, um, which has an impact on how likely they are to use to try to go after using eminent domain and so forth. So we have a great opportunity here uh, to send a message. Um, and not not just not just that we're sending a message, but to activate in a lot of different arenas in our community to reactivate to take the energy level way up and beyond. Um, and we, we have we have several conversations where we said, well, you know what, we ideally we'd like to have all that we need mm-hmm. um, back in this community. Yeah. Um, not that you don't want to go across town for anything, but that it's not necessary. And obligatory that you have to go across town. And you know what I want as a realtor? <laughs> I, I, I want to pull in some of this money that's driving down the freeway right now right. so that people are actually coming here to get things that they can only uniquely get here. And, and, and that's one to me, we'll know that we're really, really winning. Not only do you not have to leave the neighborhood to get everything that you guys need, but that other people have to come here to be able to get what they need. And, and you know, in order to do that, we have to be present in our community because they are here. Uh-huh. Right. They are right. here. Right. They're doing just exactly what you're saying right now for the benefits of the system. They're buying up the property. They're building the homes. They're doing, they're just gentrifications taking place. Oh yeah. And you can see it. Right. I can see, I live right here and I can see it every day. You know, right. I know the community. I talk to the homeless people walking down the street. They know who I am. I talk to the business people in here, you know, and um, we got, we have, I believe we have to let people know where we are and who we are. Because one thing black people got it bad is that we don't advertise. Mm-hmm. We do not use, and I'm not saying because I got a radio station, but we just don't advertise. We don't even use a free advertisement to social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, you know, you can advertise on that all day, your restaurant, your little place or whatever you got all day, but we don't even utilize that to let people know about us and where we're at. Some of the younger people will be on social media with their businesses, but they don't have the brick and mortar places and the buildings and offices, but they'll be on social media with it. So a lot of times we pass businesses in our community and pass them up and we never stop, but we'll, we'll be going out South for the same type of uh, uh, deal. And we're passing up something right here in our community that we can stop and utilize it right here. To speak to that, um, I did some research and it was showing that the dollar within our community leaves within hours, but within other communities, it's turned over for days. Like Wall Street. Yeah. 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 And it's like, we can do that again. We can do that again. You know, when that black dollar uh, in black Wall Street turned over 30, 40, 60 times over Lamar, you building a house, I come over and help you build your house. Right. I'm building a house, you come over and help me build mine. Belinda, you know, and, and Crystal, y'all come over and help Miss John, Miss Johnson get her uh, interior together. Well, we work together and we spend just a few hours just volunteering our efforts and our time. We can have growth. 
take place. Mm-hmm. Right, but right. you can't get some of us to take two hours out. I preach this all the time. Man, summertime. I said, man, Miss Miss Johnson's yard need to be cut. Guys, just go over, take take an hour and a half and pull your arm over there and just cut Miss Johnson's yard for her. You know, it ain't no big deal. Yeah. Right. You know, right, it ain't no right. it ain't no big deal to go in Miss Johnson's house and wash her dishes up and vacuum up and clean up. Bye bye, Miss Johnson. Right, right. I was involved in a ministry in Houston that would do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what they would do. Men would mm-hmm. go out there and they say, Hey, we're gonna put an air con AC unit in Miss Johnson's she's hot. And they put right. air they go to Home Depot chipping their money and buy it, put it up in there. Right. Paint the house. Well, you know, have some fun, barbecue outside with some music playing. And that's and, and and we're here to um for the informing part, right? It starts there. People have to know about certain things, you know. No uh, no different than when you know. Well, you know, when, 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 today when, today they're gonna know because who those of you listeners who are listening to the radio today, but they got to consistently have that information for time so they can. Well, they said something about I don't know what what was it that they said that day. You right, got to right, constantly right. have that information out there. Right. Oh, that's the marketing and sales part of it, to where you got to keep that information, whether it be via magazine, via social media, via posters, via, via something, to keep that information in our community's ears. Right, and the community has to be consistent and seeking and engaging that too, right? They we can't be passive. We can't be passive. I mean, it's, it's, they won't seek and engage in it, Lamar, until you put it in their face. And you oh, got, sure, sure. You sure. got to constantly, I have to constantly put this radio station in people's faces right, right, in order right. to, get, look, to get listeners. Yeah, I understand. You know, if I didn't, if I just broadcast one day a week, uh, one day every two weeks, they ain't going to get it. You know, they're not going to get it. You got to consistently, right. consistent. Being consistent is very valuable, you know, and, you know, and being persistent and, and consistent, doing those things will help you grow your brand. Yes. And your yes. brand will grow and people will start talking about what just what you guys are talking about right here. Right. And there and there are things that are happening um, to do just what you said there. Um, there are things that are happening to um, help, you know, engage um, the bigger picture planning process. And so we, uh, we just wanted to leave with the community to, today that like, hey, since March of 2019, um, it, it's not like things have gone dead and silent. There's been activity going on in the form of this committee. Uh, and we didn't feel absolute necessary. I mean, we could we have communicated earlier? Yes, but we were still wading through the murkiness oh, I understand myself. Yeah. And so it would have been just amping people up without having directions. Right. Right. And so um, we talked about that, remember? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we talked did. about that. Yeah. yeah. And uh so and then you know, you throw out the word eminent domain or taking property and that's that's all people hear. It's and it's more than just that, okay? And we're trying to set the tone for fifty years beyond um in in what can take place. And but that involves um, helping people really get engaged. Uh, yeah, and get and engaged and be informed. Right, and be informed. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know. Yeah, we need people to be engaged because the only way I see in order to um, not use eminent domain 
um, to, to spur economic development without using eminent domain, we have to really be um, a part of that voice. We have to mm-hmm. show up to the meetings. We have to um, let, you know, the city and TDA know that we want this, but we kind of want it, you know, our way because it's right. our community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, we, and we have to be prepared. Um, we got to look at it from the business angle. We have to get ahead of the game. So, for instance, one of the big things in the in the development construction space that is a major uh, issue for our black contractors or uh, smaller contractors is going to be the bonding issue, right? Uh, but you got to understand how that process works and how you build your bonding capacity. And until you're able to get to the place where you can handle a major project yourself, um, there are methods in partnering and 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 things you can do and in, 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 um, building that. And then there's also things that a municipality or urban renewal authority or the developer, I mean, the, the, the lead developer can do to uh, be creative and getting around that issue too. Um, so we, in addition to j- uh, uh, talking conceptually, we got to be able to be prepared to actually execute too. Yes. And that's some of what you're saying. That's some of the nuts and bolts of what you're saying can go in this plan. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come out today. Um, yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you needed space to for callers or what. I <laughs> uh, Well, I let's know. go and see if we got a couple of callers right quick. Let me see here. Uh, hold on one second. Let me see if we can get a caller or two. Okay, Bobby Womack slinging in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's cutting up, he cutting up yeah, over yeah, there, yeah. huh? Come out if you think you're lonely or now. Not. Yeah, and uh, let's see if we can go to the phone line, if we can get a caller or two. Let's see. 918-405, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Okay, I'm not getting them. Something's going on with the call in. If you can call in at 918-856-3873, seems like this um, 646 number is something's going on with it. But that number is 918-856-3873, and I'll get you right on the air. While we're waiting on the caller, I, mm-hmm. would, I would say, um, you know, uh, there's a, there's an article out there uh, entitled Urban Renewal Without uh, Eminent Domain. Um, that's a great article. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's a great read and it, mm-hmm. it makes you think about things. Um, and, uh, a book that I love that people mm-hmm. should, uh, probably look, look at is the color of law. It gives a lot oh, of historical okay. backdrop yeah. about redlining, the, you know, how soldiers weren't able to use the GI bill when they came back from the wars and so forth. So mm-hmm. let's, let's go to the phone lines. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Greg. Uh, I, I'm really interested in talking about this topic today. It's really uh, fascinating. Uh, I actually know Lamar, um, known him for probably about 30 years. We uh, went to college together. But um, what, what really sticks out to me um, that I want to ask this panel about was just really kind of how do you sustain this effort that you've started with this committee? Um, one of the, the challenges that it seems like we have as a community is that um, we kind of go through this ebb and flow process. There's always kind of this thing, 
uh, peak activity of engagement on an issue, and then will things seem like um, the issue's been addressed, kind of maybe the attention goes away, and then um, things kind of recede, and then we, we kind of fall into this, uh, this pattern of just kind of um, letting things slide. And so just wanted to kind of get some feedback from the panel about that. And uh, I had a couple other questions, but I just wanted to really see start with that. Well, one of the things that, that I think that has, has jumped out of this work that we've been doing um, for over a year is that, that the absence of, of, um, of an institutional memory, right? And, and so one of the, what I'm hopeful that we will see coming into this landscape is, is the ability to be able to sort of form and incorporate bodies um, that, that stand in this landscape to do the work of the, of the community that are separate and apart from, say, the city, whatever administration happens to be in place at the city, or whatever administration happens to be in place at TDA, or whatever pastor happens to be um, in service down the road, that it, it that 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 we're actively um, beginning to start talking about ways to form entities that can actually stand in that gap. Um, those enti- those uh, institutions exist in other parts of this city, and I think that, but that has been something that's been lacking here in North Tulsa. Uh, and another, well, first of all, thanks, <laughs> Greg, for calling. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant brother that's on the line here. But uh, um, another way, in a more short-term kind of tactical way, is uh, inside these uh, community benefits agreement, we can um, create some space for uh, that kind of thing to be present, uh, with the, you know, a body or a group of people or whatever to be present. Um, as a as this plan unfolds or activity unfolds in this space um, until such time that there's a bigger, more permanent body like Berlinda just mentioned that's in place or a series of ent- entities. But that's how we plan to keep the consistency uh, for the 50 years from today. Okay, caller? Yes. Um, just another question, if I, if I may. Um I know there was some discussion around um, certainly education with the kids. Um, I wonder as far as the potential to do some outreach within the schools um, to, especially within the community, to get their awareness of that, of the activity that's taking place and the importance of it. Because essentially you're having these discussions around things that are going to impact their lives down the line as you talked about a 50-year plan. Um, they're going to live through the outcomes of um, these efforts and having them having a sense of that awareness and, and potentially some engagement, as you talked about, maybe some of the young people eventually, you know, those are really the ones that carry the torch um, when you talk about civil rights um, and the engagement. Um, and then the, the, the follow-on to that is just really more, um, I would love to see um, more in terms of the, Look, looking ahead, if you will, in terms of what opportunities there are when you talked about even with the contractors, um, and, and meaning like what are those opportunities in terms of what types of oppor- – in terms of business um, that is around the corner, things like with technology, with alternative fuels and renewable fuels. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like at times we're always kind of catching up and not anticipating what are the opportunities that we need to be planning for within our community in the skills development to prepare us for that. So I know that's a lot, but I just wanted to kind of toss that out there as food for thought as well. 
um, on the school engagement, uh, depending on what what level elementary, junior high, I mean, uh, the staff. That's that we're only limited by our creativity and the willingness. Um, you know, there there again, um, the the church can have a vital role in that, right? Because a lot of developmental programs um, can inf- infuse that, whether it's you know children's church ministry stuff, and then also you know you got the fraternities and sororities that have their youth programs. This kind of thing, these skill sets, whether it's um, uh, introductory urban planning or you know construction kind of things, whatever it may be. Uh, those things can be put in in the in the in the play, um, and then as far as opportunities, it's that's going to be uh, very local to wherever you are. So, for instance, there are some bo- blocking and tackling businesses, you know, some uh, light industrial manufacturing opportunities that may be present. Da da da. In addition to the uh, the technology piece. I know there's some efforts going on around here around um, capitalization of some technologies and things of that nature. So, yeah, that we, we're only limited by our creativity. Okay. Well, Carl, I want to thank you for calling in and taking time out to ask these questions right here. Keep continuing to listen to KBOB 89.9, okay? All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, y'all. We've been on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. We've had a great conversation. Uh, relocated at 1533 North Norfolk, Tulsa, Oklahoma, little white building on the corner. We are taking donations. You know, we have the Juice Radio Show, our children's program, and we're always trying to invest into them. So if you get a chance, can make a, a donation. Uh, it will be gladly appreciated here at KBOB Eaton Media Meeting media services. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, stop by anytime. This is a community radio station, and we do more than just talk on the radio. We're involved in the community. Lamar Guillory. Yes, sir. Thank you. And thanks for coming out and sharing this good information, you know. You know, and it's a it's a great thing. Well, I'm 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 humbled just to be uh, uh, a servant of the Most High and serving in this community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just have one request from you. What's that, man? Is that uh, you allow me to share one of those cinnamon rolls that was dropped, <laughs> dropped over here uh, by yeah, Chef yeah, Kelly yeah, of yeah, Gastronom? Yeah. I think I culinary. might I might give you one. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I might just share one. Uh, maybe a half. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, Berlinda Radney. Thank you for this opportunity for us to come here. Thank you for creating this form. Oh, my word. Oh, Oh, my word. I I, I mean, the word is so needed. And and having the foresight to be able to do this, coming from the history that you bring to it, thank you. Thank you. Crystal Hill Cole. Thank you so much for having us today. And thank you for sharing your amazing history with us. And thank you for being a beacon within our community. Very appreciative of you. Thank you. Well, hey, thank all, thank all of you guys for coming in, taking time out of your busy schedule. Keep this information rolling. We must do that. Yes, you know, we can always agree to disagree, yes, but we got to ha- be able to agree on something. Right. And what you guys are doing is needed information to yes, keep sir. our community and our people informed. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Well, you've been on the Bobby Eaton show. This is where we tell our stories our our way every Monday, 6 p.m., Wednesday, 6 p.m. And like on Saturdays today, 12 to 2. If you got anything you want to bring to me, email me at eatonmusic2 at gmail.com. Again, the email address is E-A-T-O-N music, the number two, 
at gmail.com. You know, so we've been having a great time here today. She say 90 seconds. So, hey, let me know that, hey, we got to go. All right. Uh, until the next time, have a good one, okay? Mr. Groove Taylor, as he takes you back, 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 back to the 70s and 80s into the Groove Zone on KBOB 89.9 FM. Whoa, they say the figures are heavy, the figures are pure, baby. Uh, call me the big pill. Dr. Funkenstein, the disco scene with the monster sound, the cool groove with the bone transplant. Hip bone connected to my thigh bone, my thigh bone connected to my leg bone, my leg bone connected to my ankle bone. I get so hung up on bones. Oh, Dr. Funkenstein here. Preoccupied and dedicated to the preservation of the motion of hips. We
hope y'all got your sunglasses on out there. The Juice Radio Show and Two Dogs Radio Show. Yeah. I do it big. Okay. You better R-E-S-P-E-C-T me. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stay connected and call us now at 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live.
been saying every day. Tomorrow 